This is Lindsay Rothman from the Y Westchester team at Compass, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Adam Whiteman-Bailey, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Jennifer Rodarte with Compass, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hello, this is Steve, and we're with Wilder Brothers of Compass in the D.C. metro area, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hey, this is Lane Johnson representing Compass and Aspen. And you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Naomi Klein representing the Compass Office in Beverly Hills, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. What up, everybody? This is Chef Jack Harris at the uh, Talk Team Podcast. This is Jade with the Jessica Northrup team from Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Real Talk Thank you for joining us. I'm super excited to have a special guest, but before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about my week. Uh, it's been tough. We've been we've been working really hard, and I'd say we have a couple buyers in the two to three and the four to six million dollar range, and they uh, the inventory has definitely been very high, and the saturation rate has been very low. So what I mean by saturation rate is uh, the amount of listings that are coming on the market are actually surpassing the numbers of listings that are are getting actually signed every week and every month. And we've been tracking the market for about two to three months and unfortunately for the sellers, it definitely hasn't been a seller's market uh, with the amount of inventory that has been coming up in those price points. And uh, we don't know what the spring will hold for us, but uh, the battle on the sell side has been definitely upon us and the drivers are definitely in, the buyers are definitely in the driver's seat. That was that, Uh, Saturday was fun. I took my buddy's uh, compass friends trying to start a compass snowboard team or snowboard nice. club. So I gathered uh, four or five friends of mine, uh, many of them at Compass, their staff, and took them to Mount Snow, Vermont, and uh, had a fun day there. The Bringing in the Compass crowd is definitely fun. It, it brings a different spin to the uh, environment of the snowboarders that I usually go snowboarding with. So. Uh, get, getting to know them on the slopes is definitely fun. Pushing them, uh, me being more of an avid rider, I like to push and kind of uh, peer pressure people into doing uncomfortable things on the skis and snowboards. May not necessarily be the best thing now that we're adults, but uh, it's still fun kind of getting out of your comfort zone and doing things and getting better. Uh, so progression is always important, whether it's in snowboarding or in business. That's the moral of the story. But anyways, <laughs> today I'm pleased to have Lindsay Rothman. Lindsay was born in Mount Kisco in Westchester. She got her start in the business three years ago by staging the homes of friends and family members. To date, Lindsay has closed over $29 million in transactions and continues to apply that talent throughout her native Westchester County. Lindsay obtained her bachelor's at SUNY Oneonta and obtained her master's degree from Mercy College. Master's in education? Education. Education. Yep. That's great. Uh, Lindsay's the wife to Tim Rothman and her two kids, Dylan and Cecilia, age six and four years old. She's a resident of Dobbs Ferry, Westchester. You may follow her at Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y underscore Rothman, R-O-T-H-M-A-N on Instagram. You can also look up Y Westchester on Instagram as well. That is her uh, broker team uh, that, that uh, features all the fun and special homes that she works for, she works with in Westchester. So, Lindsay, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you for you. coming over. Thank you. How are you doing? Very good, actually. Yeah, how's your, how was your trip down? We are right now in our headquarters at uh, 110 Fifth Avenue. Uh, how was your trip down to New York City? Uh, it, was, it was good, quick, but train was late, so that added a little bit of stress, <laughs> but 
And you got yourself a new outfit? Yes, I did. Wow, big day. It's quick, quick. It's a good day. <laughs> you guys are kind of matching. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I went in the store for tights because I was cold, and I walked out with a sweater and a new dress instead. So here we have it. (laughs) Well, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, why you're here, because everybody wants to hear a good story. And I got some cool questions to ask you. All right. So you know what? I'm going to throw a little curveball. Today we're going to start with the rapid fire questions first. I usually do this at at the end, but this is kind of a, a fun little Great. point that people Don't have Don't get said. me start sweating so, early on. So here we go. Here's a curveball. curveball. Uh, top three destinations in New York and why? Top three destinations That's in New York. New York in general. The whole state. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna um, Lake Placid. Lake Placid, why? Uh, it's just amazing winter village. There used to be the Olympics. Uh, Olympics Ex- exactly. So you can go into and toboggan. And you can go. are still there. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's awesome. You can, they have... Um, Little say you can go on the horses, uh, not the horses, the dogs will literally run you around. It has a brewery with a kid's... Uh, yes, it has a brewery with the kid's section, which this. is my favorite thing for after, for sure. <laughs> we talked about but this. You drop I, the kids off and you go to be, drink some beers. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's kind of like, and you just, it's a walking village, so, you know, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, okay. Uh, top three activities in Westchester. Oh, sorry, top three destinations in New York. So what's, oh, what's so I have two more. more. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, Manhattan, because now for go. me, it's 30 obvious. minutes away. That's the obvious answer. Yeah, but I mean, it does involve a little bit of like planning. I have two kids, so I have to make sure they're taken care of to like go. So it's a little bit more of an adventure now, or okay. I have to bring them, which makes it even more of an adventure. Okay. Um, sure. And then my third, my hometown. I, I go there like two, three times a week. I still love it, you know, from the area of like Beacon. I don't know. Okay. So. Didia, what's your top three destination in New York? Oh, gosh. You're putting me on the spot now. <laughs> there you go. Um, Are you going to be able to beat your I don't town? know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If I can. Actually, Beacon is a great town, though. Thank I've you. been there a few times. Um, I haven't really been anywhere else outside. The Hamptons. Ooh, That's a good answer. There's a good one. Oh, it's an obvious answer. Okay. <laughs> Um, let's spice it up with Brooklyn. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Never get there. Why? Why never get there. Why Brooklyn? There's some fun, cool things going on out there. More space. Specific. Some good restaurants. Okay. All right. Good bars. Good. Definitely some good um, bars. Have you been to the counting room? No. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> and then Manhattan, it's obviously. It's like a young 20s bar. Oh, I would not fit yeah. in. If I go in, I would <laughs> I don't. Out. I don't qualify anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's only 25. Oh, seven. come on. Oh, seven. seven. You're on the cusp. <laughs> 28 was rough for me, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, going back to Lindsay. Uh, top three activities in Westchester. Activities. Activities. Um, ice skating okay. in the winter. All right. In the summer, going to Rye Beach and Playland. Mm, Rye Beach? I've never been to Rye Beach. Yeah, it's just small, but it's cute. Kids love to like, run around. Yeah. Okay. It's awesome. Pets? Um, yeah, pets, yeah. definitely. Oh, wow. And um, what else? I mean, just eating. Eating. There's a lot of great places to eat and We're drink in Westchester. So. We're going to get there. Okay, good. All right. Uh, top, what are your top three bad habits? Um, I would say repeating myself to make sure the person acknowledges what I've said to the point where they are totally, annoyed. utterly ignored, <laughs> annoyed with me. Um, running late. It's, it's now a habit. I'm going to be honest. And staying up too late. Ah, Ooh, that's okay. it's hard. That what are you was doing? So hard Watching TV or something? No, working. working. Yeah. Okay. Like not like putting it down. All right. mm-hmm. You know. Uh, give the listeners uh, when they go to Westchester the top three places to eat. Oh, that's gonna be hard. Um, my new favorite one is Eugene's, which is in Portchester. Okay. Um, another Portchester's one. Portchester's where the express stop stops, right? 
Porchester? Um, no. No, okay. no, but it, that's like along the Rye side. Okay. Um, another one of my favorites would be Harper's, which is in Dobbs Ferry. Okay. And they have a lot of live music there, okay, reggae. Um, it's like a mix American, okay. if you will. And then... Live music is good. The vibe is good. Yeah, the vibe is awesome. Um, and then, oh God, if I had to pick one more. Oh, Brett and Brian. It's, it's it bread, bread and brine. Bread and brine. Yeah, okay. it's in Hastings and like just awesome vibe. The staff is awesome. Um, the bartender lives in Astoria and drives up there just because okay, it's so much fun. Um, random. Wow. Like just like kind of a mishmash of things put together. Okay. Same with Eugene's. Kind of okay. just like out of the ordinary type dishes. It's just from Astoria. Astoria, maybe he's Greek? No, he, no, he's a bartender. He's a bartender. Yeah, oh, no, gosh. there's like lobster rolls there. Then they'll have like beef and broccoli, but it's literally like piece of beef it's and like, like broccoli it's like all yeah, it's just all mixed I, I feel like Lindsay's all about the vibe I am I know big time I it's am. important the, the vibe and, and the people yeah. the staff okay uh, <clears throat> so speaking of restaurants the top three foods you eat on a daily basis that you like oh shit does Nutrisystem count as food <laughs> <laughs> I love it you get a casual shake thrown in um, yeah I, my, I mean, I can't, I don't really eat what I want to eat, but if I had to pick three, it'd be like hot dogs, cheeseburger, and pizza. There you go, all American. I mean, all American. Yeah. Actually, we should call all it Frank Giordano. You're, you are basically Frank Giordano. I am Frank. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right now, best value for your money in Westchester in the $1 million price point. What county, what area, what neighborhood in Westchester? Uh, neighborhood, $1 million. And why? I would say Porchester. Porchester, why? It's up and coming. What can you get? You can get like... I don't know, four bedroom house for under a million dollars. Nice. For real. Wow. Um, Takaho is okay. another good one. Yeah. Six hundred like for like three bedroom. Put my yep. friend in that home. Just like your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bunch of them. You can even find some things in Dobbs Ferry. Right now we have a five bedroom house for wow. under a million, which is great because we're thirty Ooh. minutes from the city. Mm-hmm. So, and we're just like a awesome okay. town. So. <laughs> What's the best value for your money in in the two million to three million range? I would say rye. Rye. Yeah, and, and you can get something. I mean, you get a mansion for two million in rye. Uh, you can get a big house. Yeah, you know, not a mansion. Not, not a mansion. No, but I think there's just more homes within that price range there. Okay. You know, what makes rye special compared to like a, a like a, a Tuckahoe or? Uh, it's got a super cute, like almost perfect downtown, mm-hmm. and it has a mix of like mom and pop shops, and then like uh, you'll see like Benefit. You know, so it has big brands, little mm-hmm. brands together, and it's just like very nicely curated. And um, they also have good restaurants all right there. And then you have that, you know, that playland for your kids, and you have the beach. So I don't know. It's just I don't live there, but I'm kind of envious because yeah. nothing like being on the beach. You know, true. Right, right. And what about the school system? How do they compare? Great, excellent. Yeah. They're both. They're both. Would you say as equal? I, mean, I would ride ride more desirable. I mean, to put it this way, in Westchester, I think. Um, in 2018, we had the top 17 out of 50 schools in the state, something like that. So, I mean, when I say top, when I used to be a teacher, I looked at my school, it was 288th, and I thought it was an incredible school. Kids uh-huh. were happy, teachers were happy, everyone was learning, sports were great, arts were great, and they're 288. So, I mean, here we're like hemming and hawing over like what's number one, number two, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're, sure. they're, all, they're all phenomenal. And they all, like what people don't think about is that they offer different things. Yeah. So what might not be the best like school district at like number wise, they offer like dual language from kindergarten through high school, half a day programs. Like no one talks about that stuff. So. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we know that you're a 
professional in Westchester. You're a real estate broker there. You're very active and selling a lot of homes. Uh, but you know, describe to me your come up. What led you to today of who you are? All right. So this is a very long voyage, but um, it. So I mean, as as easygoing and on top of my own stuff as I am now. Yeah. I started off in high school. My parents just got divorced. And I went to high school, and I was, like, literally harassed. Chased from, like... By like, who? Your classmates? The classmates. Yeah. Like, chased and screamed at in between classes from class to class. Like, totally... It was, it was an awful experience. Um, it was so bad that I actually left the school. And the next year, I went to public school for the first time. And I, when I got there, I just kind of was, like, a blank version of myself. Um, it was the first time I could wear whatever I wanted to wear to school. And... I didn't know who I was to the point where I chose, and I'll never forget, like jeans, a black t-shirt, and white sneakers. Just because I was like, didn't know who I was no, or where would I would go. Uniform? Yeah, I yeah. always had worn a uniform. Mm-hmm. And like, I just didn't know who I was mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, I had a boyfriend at the time, and I remember he's still a good friend of mine today. And he used to give me such a hard time that, you know, I would act like myself around him and then anytime I was around anybody else I was just a completely different person and the person was like obnoxious annoying Mm -hmm. like no one that anybody wanted to hang out with but I couldn't stop it and even know what I was doing so that like really went on for years and years and years and you know through college I slowly started to feel more comfortable in my own skin um I you know went through many different careers and just kind of bounced around for a while until like I I think I settled down in life in general. I have a great husband and my kids and then- Were you a wild child growing up? I was incredibly wild. Like- (laughs) What kind of things did you do that made you wild? I pretty much, so I realized in this high school time that if I was like at a keg party, then I would drink, then I felt like myself. Mm -hmm. So then it just led to me partying all the time. Uh. And like my grades were shit. Um, my mom was always crying. My room was a disaster. Oh boy. Um, room. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I'd like just walk all over my clothes and find something on the ground. Oh, no. Um, I mean, my tardiness started there. I'd be late to school. I think I had 55 absences senior year. Oh wow. And what were you doing? I'm just skipping school to like drink with my friends, really. <laughs> um, I mean, I missed the SATs the first time. Like, I uh-huh. really like was on such a bad path, and I had. Did you retake the SATs like the next week or something? I think it? I had to sign back up. I don't know when I took it. Okay. I, I made it. I didn't. I made it. I made it there. I made it into college, but I actually had a teacher senior year said to me, "I mentioned going to college," and she said, "You you're going to college? You think that you, you really you think you're going to college?" And I just was like, yeah, everyone goes to college. Like, you know, I just figured it would get handed to me. I would just go, and yeah. then that would be it. I kind yeah. of was always, like, guiding through. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know about that. And, like, I got into college. But I got into college that, like, they literally almost paid you to go to the college, right? Uh-huh. I transferred from there. I got my act together, like, academically, you know, and went on. But she really, really, like hit me over the head but something I didn't realize was such an issue. Right. So that kind of put, mm-hmm. put a scare into you. Huge. That, wow, huge. this is actually not the real life that I wanted to be Oh, yeah. Living. Not at all. Yeah. You know, I had only one other friend that came from a divorced family. She was, you know, a, a, a bad influence on me. Mm-hmm. And she literally said to me one day, she's like, your mom doesn't let you do anything. There's only one of her and one of you and you're bigger. So... 
I mean, just screw her. Come mm. out. And that wow. was it. <laughs> yeah, wow, I know. I know. Though. Sorry, Mom. She's the best, too, my mom. Yeah, She's yeah. adorable. She's like 5 foot, 90 pounds. She's so cute. Aww. was bigger than her. So, <laughs> and still am. But, um, you know, so gradually through life, I gained more and more understanding of who I was. But it really wasn't until, you know, marrying Tim, like, not to, like, give him all the credit, but I married him. And, you know, I stayed at home for a couple of years with the kids and I would always be waiting for him to come home and talking to him about, okay, so what happened with this client and this client? I think you should market this property this way. And I actually kind of got pretty good at all of that stuff. And he was like, why don't you just do this on your own? Um, so I did. My goal was to close four homes a year. That was it. I was just happy with that. It was going to be like my little, you know, Louis Vuitton fund and that was it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it just got addicted and it's great. Um, but I think like what really came full circle is that my first listing ever, and it was right when Compass started up there. So it was one of Compass's first listings up there. And um, I spent a month staging the place. I poured my heart into it, spent all my own money because we didn't have concierge then uh, at all. Yeah, sure, and sure. Um, the guy was like a creeper the whole time I was there. And what got, do you mean? to his thing calling me the baby seller? the, the seller, seller like he was always home he was calling you know calling me baby yeah like like sneaking pictures of me i caught him I like hanging oh, no i caught him yeah what at one point he was like can you stop there and smile for a second i was like this is <laughs> yeah so i mean it took though my whole life of having no balls whatsoever and just being like a chameleon and whoever somebody else wanted me to be or I could never be myself it all came together and I was like I work for this great company and I don't have to deal with this shit and I called um Gordon and Carp at like 10 o'clock at night on a Friday night and I was like this is what's going on and it was like we had the broker open house public open house everybody had an offer and I was like I can't I don't need to do this I I'm better than this and I think the only reason I got hired to represent this Mm -hmm. house is because this guy is a creeper and they were like, you don't need this, and called him, and he t- and said, you'll never work with Compass again. And it was just a huge, that I think was the biggest success so far in my career, because I really was like, this is this is me, and I'm more important now. Nice. You know? yeah, that, that's, that's a great story. So mm-hmm. the, it was basically the turning point of you being able to make your decision standing up for yourself. And being myself. And, and being your own boss. Exactly. In this business that, that we're in. Yeah. Good, great. Um, how, so, so Tim kind of got you into the real estate. How, how did you? What was your beginning? How did you guys meet? How did it all start? Oh my God! How did he and I meet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. He. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, you know what I was up to in high school, and he was always throwing parties. Oh, so you guys did you meet in high school? Yes. Yes. He wow. Did you go to the same high school? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. He went to an old boys school. Um, he would come home on the weekends, and my mother-in-law, I just recently, a few years ago, I was like, where were you? She was sleeping upstairs. He would throw huge parties where, like, the cops are showing up, uh-huh. and, you know, and so we became very good friends. So Tim was, like, the cool kid, the yes. cool high school kid that always yeah. had parties, and then... <laughs> and I was you showed always up, the need to attend every <laughs> party, so, yeah. What did you think about him in high school? Um, he had long hair, and I hated oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, like, out. <laughs> no, he like would wear in a ponytail. Now he has no hair, so it's kind of ironic that his <laughs> hair was the biggest turnoff for me. Um, but I mean, he was just still the same same guy, like super driven. Like if he set his, his sights on one thing, like that's what he was laser focused on. He yeah. was getting it done. He was always a hard worker. 
Um, and, like, and a good friend, mm-hmm. you know? Good, good. We did not date in high school. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. No, no. Oh, we I weren't see. like those kind of people. Like, we you did school, our whole but, lives and but then, then came back together. Was that after college, a few years after college? Yes. Mm-hmm. When we moved to Manhattan after college, I would not say we dated, mm-hmm. but I tried to date him. <laughs> and he strung me along for a few years. And then when he came to his senses, I strung him along equally for a year or so. And then we got together. Gotcha. <laughs> it was quite impressive. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, game. he taught it to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were the same, was the same grade too? Same age, same grade? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just different schools. And, and, you're, and that school county, it's not Poughkeepsie? Because I, I, I heard that Frank, Frank told me that you guys are in the, from the same town. We are. So Highlands? close. No, so we're from Dutchess County. Dutchess, okay. Um, So both of us were born in Westchester and then raised in Dutchess County. Mm-hmm. Um, so your parents moved north. Yeah. Right. So why uh, was that? Why? Yeah. Um, this is a funny question. It's a topic in my house right now. It, in all honesty, what you can get for your money in Dutchess County versus Westchester is incredibly more. Sure. Incredibly. Yeah. So you can you could get. You got a mansion for under a million bucks. For, you're talking five hundred thousand. Wow. You um, know, like on an acre, you want a pool, you want everything. You could build a house larger than the one I just built. Mm-hmm on double the amount of property with a pool for eight hundred thousand dollars wow so you know it it, so it's just incredible and Mm. our parents you know they and most of the people up there their parents kind of did the same thing i it seems so they had their kids in westchester but they migrated to north exactly similar to you know we have here kind of tends to migrate exactly migrate out to somewhere there's more space yep um gotcha and really all there is is space up there Mm -hmm. so (laughs) <laughs> okay well and so tim got you so going back to tim you and tim he, he got you kind of into the business were you always at compass or were you, no. you were with, with a different agency i was correct? with um william ravis legends mm-hmm. okay. which is like a local um they were in terrytown irvington mm-hmm. hastings and then um when tim decided that well not decided mm-hmm. i've changed that part mm-hmm. but when tim convinced compass to go up there I asked him if I could hang my license with his team because I just had had my second daughter. I was getting too many emails from the company and it was annoying me. Yeah. So I was like, can I just hang my license just for like a couple months? And then he sent an email. We're in Westchester. And then that was it. I got too busy. I was like, that was not what I meant, (laughs) but all good things. So I was one of the first, I think there was six of us who started our office. And I was one of them, which is great. You know? They have a pretty big uh, market share Yeah. there, right? Yeah, we're number two. Uh, wow. wait, William Ravis is number two. Oh, no, 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 no. Compass. No, I, I'm saying, but when you were with your When I was with agency, Ravis, they, they had were, a pretty big market share out there. They are, because they're also, you know, I was with Legends, which is a sub, you know, they were acquired by Ravis, but mm-hmm. Ravis is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why, why did you decide to fully move into license, to move your license fully into Compass? Um, it was the collections at the time. Yeah. I was sitting on the couch with my MLS search for my clients, and Tim was there building collections for his, and I was like, why am I sending this, and you're sending that, and it was, what he was doing was so much easier for him than my searches were, and I just, I was like, this is too antiquated. Yeah, and for those who are listening Uh that don't know what collections is, it's basically an online digital portfolio customized to the buyer, and the buyer's agent is able to guide basically each of the listings, right? Yeah. It's like uh, like a Pinterest board. Correct. Right? You can pull things in, take them out, but then you can also interact um, in real time and comment and mm-hmm. ask questions. It's amazing to stay organized 
which I'm not super organized, but mm -hmm. to keep your clients and all their questions organized is mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the about business right now. What are some of the uh, mistakes that sellers are doing today in Westchester County? And what are some of the mistakes by this other side around? You know, what are the buyers doing there? What are they making? What kind of mistakes are they making right now? What are the pitfalls out there in Westchester? Well, I think um, sellers are still still pushing to overprice. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the comps are there. They're concrete. They're clear to see, right? Mm -hmm. But they're still pushing to overprice things often. And if they do, it just sits. What's the average days on market for, uh, let's just say, you know. Oh, it it depends. If it's priced correctly, it could mm -hmm. be a week. Uh -huh. If it's priced incorrectly, I just looked at one today. It was on for 159 days, oh, which is like New York. That's like New York City. That's normal. Yeah, but it but it doesn't have to be because there's not. We don't have as much inventory as mm -hmm. you have here. We don't have nearly as much. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know the homes are different and unique. So there's one for everyone. Right. There's someone always looking for it, but it, when it just doesn't match what you know, the price should be based on the area and recent sales, then no one's going to buy it. So overpricing is basically a theme all across the United States, right? If if, if the market is, is what it is in the last 12 months, whether it's Trump's tax laws affecting it, whether it's uh, U.S. trade policy affecting it, whether it's just the economy in general affecting it, there's always, it, it really hasn't been a seller's market in the last 12 to 18 months. So you're saying that the biggest mistakes that the sellers are making is pricing. Yeah. Okay. Is there any, what about the buy side? Is there anything else? The buy side, yeah. Um, not getting out there quick enough. I have a lot of people who, they're, you know, their timeline's June. So they're, and they're thinking, oh, we're just kind of looking now. And it, then by the time they want to come up and visit me and they picked out three homes, those homes are in contract yeah. because we have such low inventory. So, you know, they're not heeding our warning to like get get up there and go see things so when you, when this home comes on and it's your perfect home you can you're ready to jump on it because you've seen other things mm -hmm. um so the buyers that are taking our advice seriously which are more and more buyers now they're they're making out but the other ones i mean they're missing mm -hmm. out literally right well from a buyer's perspective you know if if they like something chances are even if they don't pull the trigger today they might find something next month right could be yeah it could be so it, it to me, sometimes the buyers, they, yeah, of course, they, they snooze, you lose, but it's not the end of the world. There's always, hopefully, more inventory. <sighs> I not, mean, not, no. Not, not always. I, I lost two buyers mm -hmm. um, in 2019 due to literally inventory. Got it. Mm -hmm. Like, Got it. great budgets, but couldn't find the house they were looking for, and it never came on to the point where they just rented again. So the moral of the is story that, is, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, just like how I send you some of my people, we have buyers in New York City that are maybe used to, you know, buying the Upper East Side. You have 36 or 37 high-rise buildings that you can choose from that are co-op that have 300 units each. And there's probably, you know, a dozen listings you can see every weekend. Yeah, no. But then they, they, <laughs> then they have a family and they go to Westchester, they go to you, and then they forget and realize that Westchester inventory is different. Yes, very right. different. I I don't want to quote completely, but I believe there were 62 homes sold in Dobbs Ferry last quarter. Okay. Which, that seems like a lot. Yeah. But if you, really. if, if you think of it in overall Manhattan, where there's, <laughs> New York City has on average about 800 to 1,100 units in contract every month yeah. that are always pending constantly. Yeah. No, now, it's, obviously, in a, in a slow market, even, even in a slow market, I think... Uh, September 2010, uh, 2000, September, October 2010 was one of the slowest 
markets of since the post financial crisis, and there was still maybe six or seven hundred units in contract throughout Manhattan that were quote unquote impending status. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's just not. <laughs> there's just yeah. Monster. There's just not a lot, and so and people. You know, let's say they want one of the river towns. The river towns are really, really tiny. Uh-huh. So you're really pigeonholed into one small area. And, you know, you just have to be ready. You have to know what you want. So when it comes on, you mm-hmm. can be there the next day, make your right. offer, and not feel like, should I not? I just started looking. I don't know. You know, because right. it might not come back on. Got it. Okay. You're right. Okay. It's not like you're buying right. Upper you're East Side. <laughs> upper East Side co-op, one bit, one bath. No, it's very <laughs> for, standard. For 700,000 bucks, it's like, oh, I don't care if it's a post-war or pre-war. Okay, well, you can look all year long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, be, yeah, and it's like yeah. the difference, are, the houses are so different. You know, we have Tudors, and we have, like, those McMansions from the 90s. So there's there's so many different types of homes that if you're looking for something specific, it really, it may not come on again. Sure. So w- What's selling the best right now? Um, I would say the under the million. Under yeah. a million dollars. What kind of homes? Single family with a backyard single, front Single yard? family with a decent size, like not huge, but a nice private backyard. Sure, sure. Definitely. Okay. And then uh, you built a home. I did. So What a nightmare. Why did you <laughs> want to buy a, re- a resale home? You went ahead and built? Yeah. So up. reason being, that was never our plan, but since you're both from Dutchess County, definitely used to having big backyard mm-hmm. where you can have a pool and... It's something we wanted. So we kept finding, I looked for four years. That's how I got so, you know, well-versed in all the different areas because yeah. I was looking for four myself. Four searching will make you a pretty good buyer. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we would find these homes and then open up the back door and be like, this is not at all. We can't even, you can't make the lot. So then we found this lot and we fell in love with it. Um, and it's amazing, just under an acre. It's super private. It's But yet it's like, if five minutes from the train, um, you know, Dobbs Ferry is great, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, unfortunately, it came with a builder attached, and he was not who we would have chosen by oh. any means. But, you know, two years. What does that mean, the builder attached? Like, it's your he, he owned the lot. And he so said he had to build? He had to build. He said, I'll yeah. sell it to you, but the only contingency is that I get to build it. it. Basically, we didn't buy the land and then buy a house. We bought a house, and it came with the land. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but it, it, the process is not that easy because he had this house that we bought, but then we had to go through approvals with sure. the towns. Yeah. And I had, you know, my neighbors say, mm, I really wish that your garage was actually facing the front instead of the side. Was if you ever talk in your driveway, I can hear you in my bedroom. So then we had to go back to the drawing oh board and reach. Oh, my God. It. Yeah. So there was just months of that. So the house that we actually bought wasn't the house we got. Still great. But... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a terrible process. A lot of tears. I lost like 20 pounds just doing nothing. Just, I was like, this inside. What, what's an advice? So oh, my God. So, so if somebody wants to build a house up there, can you give a couple of advice to yes. these type of types of buyers? I mean, if, if you land in a situation like I did and the builder already owns the lot, then get your own architect. And okay. if you have a builder that won't allow that, then don't build with them. Because um, the architect is key. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're lucky enough to, you know, find the lot and buy the lot and then then you get to pick who you want mm-hmm. and you build your team and, and don't don't feel like you have to be stuck to someone in Westchester or in Dutchess County or Putnam or wherever you are. Um, my partner, Maya, built a house and she had an architect from Brooklyn okay. and, you know, they did a phenomenal job. It's, it's worth it to really do your research. What types of. Uh 
headaches that one, outside of dealing with the government and maybe uh, the neighbors, what other headaches should a, a builder expect? I mean, a person who's like building you. or me? Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in our area, it's a, there's a lot of rock. Mm-hmm. So just oh, interesting. In Westchester, there's a lot of rock. Yeah, bedrock like bed on my side, on the Rivertown side. Mm-hmm. There's a ton. So, you know, it, it's they're gonna have to dig through that, and they can't blast. So that takes a really long time, and I, and they can't exactly give you a mm. true timeline on that. You know, it, they went for days and weeks, and then the needle broke on the thing, and then they had to order they another one. You know, like they can, they can just put a stick of dynamite in there and call it a day, huh? No, unfortunately, <laughs> right? That'd no. be a really fun job. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. That's that, that's a really insightful. Yeah. Not everybody gets to build houses. No, and that's like one thing we never would have thought about because we're we went to a lot. Developer. We went to a lot, and you see, and there's there's grass over. The mm-hmm. rock that's underneath, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we can see rock sticking out, but you yeah. never imagine that is going on for right. you know a mile under the ground. So that was a mile. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It could go okay. on forever. Okay. <laughs> a mile cool. long bedrock under my house. Uh, what What are some of the? What do you think in Westchester? People think of real estate brokers differently in different mm. sects of the market in different parts of the United States. For example, like in Aspen, real estate brokers there. You know, the way they're viewed is, from the local standpoint, is it's a cool job, but everybody's got a license. The ski instructor to the mm. raft guy to, you know, yeah, yeah. everybody has a license. And, and it's not really that unique. Uh, New York City rental brokers are viewed as kind of like the scums of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> rental, tenant side rental brokerage, yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. tough game. Um, but then, you know, like you have like the million dollar listing TV shows that make brokers look like they are like the most important, most successful, most rich Powerful people on earth. I love when they show that with before right, the, the cut. Yeah, like crazy. the commission before the cut. Please. Yeah, yeah. They show the Come gross on. commission before yeah. the code broke and everything else. But anyway, <laughs> so we get it. Well, how? What are what are some of the myths of being a Westchester broker? You think, or are there? Uh, there are for sure. I okay. mean, the major one is that you know it's every stay-at-home mom has her license. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's, it's, I love it. It's predominantly female. Um. I don't, I mean, I, it I sounds so bad because I was a stay-at-home mom and I got my license, I, I but... I don't think I have met a guy, Westchester broker, yet. I don't, I don't know that many. But. I can introduce you to a few. You just can't <laughs> refer to them. But no. Um, so, I mean, so that's a stereotype. Yeah. Um, and and I think that probably how, how it was how it was. But now real estate has changed and I think Compass is really at the forefront of creating that where it's do more. You know, you can't just sell real estate on the on the fly and part time. No, it's full time. So any so there's more, more full time moms than Westchester. Well, yeah, <laughs> but like, I mean, think about it. My goal was four homes in yeah. a year, yeah. right? To for my like little slush fund. So your goal was to do four deals a year. Yes, as a stay at home mom, then part time job, right? Um, mm-hmm. And very quickly realized that that was not going to be the case at all. It wasn't going to be possible. So. Um, I think now, like, obviously real estate is full, full, full-time job, which used to not be. But also, it used to be where agents are focused on just, you know, one area. I sell mm-hmm. this area. Like, all I do is the river towns. All I do is the shore towns. Um, I don't know, you know, people are still doing that, the old school brokers, and they do really well with that, and they refer back and forth. But 
But even that, I'm primarily a buyer's agent, so I have connections and friends that are moving from the city up there, and no one ever knows where they want to go. Mm-hmm. So they I, just know Westchester. Exactly. So but they didn't know that it's separated in all these different counties. Exactly. So I, it's up to me to educate them mm-hmm. on all the different areas, and people who have come, like I want to move to Davis Ferry, they literally have moved to New Rochelle. And vice versa. And it, it takes a lot of time to educate people and build relationships with them. So it's like, I'm not giving that up. So that's what Question our business one, has changed into. If I'm a buyer, let's just say, young family, and I, why would I move to New Rochelle versus uh, Rye versus Dallas Ferry? Dallas Ferry, yeah. Get more for your money in your shell. New Rochelle. You will. It's more north. No. It's that, no, it's close to the city. Oh, it's closer. Yeah, it's close oh. to the city. It's just. It's really, really large, and there's just different pockets of areas, and you just you just get more for your money. You get you get more for your money. Yeah, taxes okay. are a little lower. Um, but, I know yeah. we're we're running out of we're running out of time. I don't want to take too, too much of your time, but I have a couple more questions. Uh, what are you more, most excited about right? What are you most excited about right now in life and personal life? And then what are you most excited about right now in your business? Okay. Uh, personal life is it's winter's almost over going to Lake Placid for the like end of the winter ski trip with my kids nice and year. um, just we're saying like era yeah Lake Placid yeah it's so great so I'm gonna great. like end the winter with that then I'm going to a wedding in Cabo without Ooh, the kids fun. Um, so I'm looking forward to those personally professionally um, Maybe I'll just do some groundbreaking news now. Tim and I are going to start pushing our business further north and oh. covering our good old hometown. Oh, great! Fun. Yeah, um, so I you love travel, it. Travel like car there. Yeah, car it's there? it's an hour away. I'm okay. there three times a week. Okay, I have a couple homes already, like incoming soon on the market, sold there. Um, Fun. So excellent. Yeah, That's well, bringing it all back to where it Compass, started, Dutchess <laughs> County. Uh, when, when, as a broker and yes. as an entrepreneur, we all want to grow. What are you doing right now to grow your business? And what are you doing? Do you have any tips or advice for other business owners or even real estate professionals in growing their business based on your experience? Um, yeah, I do. We just grew our team from um, just two of us to now six of us. Okay. And we you know, hired people who we, we really respected how entrepreneurial they were and driven. Mm-hmm. But we weren't wise enough to see how you also have to make sure that people are staying humble Mm -hmm. you know in this business you're only as good as your last deal and you know we should have been up front with that instead of you know we want to celebrate everyone's accomplishments but we want to make sure that they're realizing that this is all part of the the growth and there's going to be pains and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs Mm -hmm. so yeah just be up front with that Uh, what do you look for to hire when you grow your team and how do you identify that they're you know, entrepreneurial, like you said. Um, I mean, someone who's, who's eager and who brings ideas to the table. Mm-hmm. I really like when people recognize what we've been doing. You know, we're not just agents in our community. We, we do Y Westchester. We get our clients together. We do events every month. That's so right. they're not just kind of sitting there in Westchester not knowing anyone because that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're trying to get them all together monthly with kids, without kids, just husbands and you know, I look for someone who has maybe been through that same experience or who, you know, comes comes to us with, you know, the drive to want to do just more than real estate, ah, you know? Got it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. The, the way I, I see it is it's really hard to interview to really find out how entrepreneur driven they are. 
going to see it. It's one of the hardest, yeah, it's one of the hardest things to identify. So that's one of the, I think, one of the bigger challenges as, as, as a real estate broker or a business owner um, when we're hiring and growing teams. Uh, next question. How, how do you, there's a lot of competition in New York City, and I'm sure there's a lot of competition in Westchester. I'm sure mm-hmm. we are not, we as Compass, not liked by our competitors because we have either bought franchises or taken in some of their top, we've taken some of their top people. What are you doing right now to stay competitive amongst, when you go on a pitch, now I'm a seller, what are you telling me in order for you to stay competitive amongst the other competitors in Westchester, whether it's, I don't know what other agencies there are outside of uh, uh, <laughs> William Revis. 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 There's, I'm sure there's other. Yeah, no, there's definitely a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there's other discount brokerages out there. Like, yep. uh, hey, uh, Lindsay, this broker, John Smith, is going to sell my home for 1%. How, how do you stay competitive with that competition? Um, I mean, it's been increasingly more difficult because the other firms are really are lowering their um, their percentages, mm-hmm. really. Um, so I've seen some other agents lowering theirs as well, which isn't really helping our cause. Uh, me personally, I think the service that I provide versus somebody else's agency, just what Compass gives us, is you know far and you know is much better than it, anybody else. Go a little but, bit more. Into I mean, about like. That. Our concierge, where you know I can I can get you top dollar for your home, and I can you know pay for it so it gets done, and then you you're going to make more. You put fifty thousand dollars in, you're going to get a hundred thousand dollars at the end. Right. Um, but also my reach, you know, I'm sitting here. I know you face to face. I know you face to face. Like I can pick up the phone and call you anytime. And same goes with agents that are in California, in Texas. You know, so these other brokerages don't have that. They right. ne- I don't. They never will have that. Right. The Your way we have it, far surpass anyone that's just local. Exactly. Sure. And mm-hmm. we all like really do take that. You know, no ego. You know, for you know most of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like we we'll, like, help each other out. You'll see my listing posted, and like you know, uh, where was it? It was just in Texas. Someone mm-hmm. posted my listing. It, it's great. We oh, want to okay. see each other do yeah. well. Yeah. So, so that work is there. Uh, just to wrap up now, Danielle's got a, uh, one or two questions for you. So oh, these are going to be go so hard, and I know it. <gasps> Some of the ground, groundbreaking, thought-provoking, deep questions. Deep. Well, this one's not that deep, but we'll just start off soft. Okay. <laughs> what are some of the favorite things you like to do with you and your kids? Like when it's just you guys. Oh, that's such a oh, thoughtful. That's really sweet. Danielle, question. Um, I like to put on a movie. No kidding. <laughs> um, what's my favorite thing to do? I think. It's kind of hard. Our business keeps us really busy. And, you know, if I'm not working, then Tim's working. Mm-hmm. So I think my favorite thing to do really is just, like, bedtime at night because they're all sweet and cuddly, and it it really is a blessing to be able to be there. Yeah. And I also love being able to go on their, their um, field trips. My parents worked full-time. Um, no one was able ever to go. And I remember really being upset about that, mm-hmm. which is like silly. My mom said she was there, but I don't remember. Um, so <laughs> I, I love that I am in a career that I can be successful and I also can take two hours to go to the Bronx right. Zoo with my kids. So those are my favorite things. You used to be a teacher, Yes. Right? Yes. What grade? I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade special ed, self-contained classroom. Wow. Yes. Do you find that there's any comparisons between what you did then and what, what you I do, do now? now? Uh, yeah. No one listened <laughs> to me then. And no one listens to me now. No. Um, really being able to ask the right questions 
and to be able to listen and to understand that what what the question the person's asking might not be the question that they're actually think they're asking. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so and you know to be able to problem solve through that and and have patience. I have a lot of patience. Not at home, not for Tim, but, but for, <laughs> for in general, for my clients. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, Lindsay, we're really thankful for your time. I appreciate you coming in all the way from Westchester, New York. Again, please follow her. <laughs> it's on 30 minutes. <laughs> you, Thank you, know, you, though. You know, no, I know. <laughs> for, us, it's, for us, it's out of town. So yeah, 30 right. minutes, though. It took me 40 minutes to get to the Upper West Side today. See? There well, you go. Right. All the so, more reason to join us in Westchester. It's about far. 30 minutes from the office. Yeah. But, See? Uh, yeah. For, you, uh, for those of you listening, thank you very much. Uh, please follow Lindsay on Instagram at L-I-N-D-S-A-Y underscore Rothman, Lindsay Rothman, Lindsay underscore Rothman. And if you have any interest in (laughs) the market of Westchester, whether it's you know somebody that has a home or or you want to buy a home or your friends want to buy a home or they want to move up there to explore the options, please reach out to her. Thank you again, Lindsay, for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.